Welcome to the Starch Solution Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Healthy Emmy. I am a nutritionist and the creator of the Slim on Starch program. If you want to lose weight on a plant-based diet, listen to this podcast. Also, bonus points, go and watch all of my YouTube videos, Healthy Emmy on YouTube. But if you're really serious about this, go to healthyemmy.org, apply to work with me as well as a mindset coach and a nutrition coach, and let's do this thing. Now, on to the podcast. Where would you like to begin with telling us your story? Well, I would love to share, you know, I was going back through and like thinking about where did this all begin? I think that root question, like, why did I start thinking about my body and being negative about myself and about food being a comforter to me? And it really, it, it goes, it's crazy to me how far back this message began in my childhood. And even like so far back as, gosh, like even like four years old, like if I really can think back to that far um, and it's just so natural. It's like, I remember um, I'm the youngest in my family. So I have two older brothers and being the youngest, it was just that dynamic where I always wanted to like keep up with them and I wanted to be a part of them and I wanted to be a part of their group. Um, and whenever they would go off and leave me behind, I just remember feeling sad and lonely and I would go across the street to my grandparents' house and I had lovely, wonderful, awesome grandparents who were always present. Um, and <laughs> I would go across the street and guess what? Pop-Pop would give me ice cream. And it was like that, oh, I feel good. I feel happy. Um, and so, yeah, like it just, it started so young and then seeing it trickle into other areas of my life. Like um, the first time I really used food, I think to like totally comfort myself in like a very sad, like deep moment was when we, I was in fourth grade and um, we had just moved. We had moved to a new town and to a new house and I just felt so lonely. Like, again, I think that loneliness and food were really tied together. And so um, I began sneaking up to my room and I would take a bag of chocolate with me and I would go read some books and I would just try and like lose myself in reading and eating. And, you know, my poor parents looking back on it, they didn't really connect the dots and I didn't have the words at that time to communicate that I'm, I'm lonely. And I, I, had left all my school friends and I left my community. Um, so it really is just, gosh, it's so far back into my being. And um, even in the family history that I have grown up in, um, I feel like I'm really excited right now because I think I'm the one in my family who's gonna be able to like help move us forward um, and start talking about this um, because I've seen it also played out in my family, you know, like my own dad, he, he's working on this too, which I'm so proud of him. Um, but he's come from a background of using food to comfort himself and, you know, monkey see monkey do. <laughs> I totally just, you know, I saw how he would go off and he would find a, a, a food and he would enjoy it and eat it. And I remember watching him around the corner while he'd be in the pantry binge eating. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's been so early since the really, just the beginning of, 
of my life. <laughs> um, and so it's really been powerful now, like getting to step into a place of letting it go. And, you know, the shame, I think the biggest thing is the shame started entering into it more as I got older. And when I was younger, I really didn't understand the shame around it. But um, I definitely saw a lot of guilt and shame when my mom or my dad would get upset with me for taking food from the kitchen and then like taking it to my bedroom. And if they found the wrappers, I would get in trouble. Or if I went across the street and told my grandparents that mom hasn't fed me yet, so I'm going to go get second dinner at their house, you know, to go eat with them, I would get in trouble for that. So I started connecting the dots that um, this is a guilty thing to do. I shouldn't be doing this. The should word was really attached to um, a lot of my feelings around, around food. So, gosh. Yeah, I, I started connecting shame. And I think too, as I got older um, and I went from being a little kid to wanting to fit into middle school and high school and entering into that stage of, you know, wanting to be attractive and pretty, um, <laughs> you know, I started noticing like my body doesn't look like the cool girl body or the girls who are getting the attention. Um, and so I definitely be, you know, started that awareness, started noticing um, that I didn't fit in, in the way that I wanted to. Um, I wanted the attention of other guys. And so um, to cope with the struggle, I found exercise pretty early on, um, probably like in middle school, I got really into track and field because all my other friends were doing it. And, you know, let's just start running. We'll start running together after school. Um, and I want to tell you, Amy, I was the slowest person on the team. It was so embarrassing. I remember the first time I went and did a race. Um, I was the very dead last runner out there trying to make it in. And my dad, my sweet dad, <laughs> he got out and ran on the track with me around the race. I was so embarrassed at that age. Now I'm looking back and I'm like, he is such a sweetheart. He was just trying to help me out. Um, <laughs> but I found exercise and I started noticing little changes that happened in my body. It's like, oh, I'm getting more muscle definition. Um, I'm getting more attention. Um, and just to point out to you, I've always been an artist so like being an artist has always been something I've done, but it's like now um, when I started finding exercise and dieting and all these other things, I realized like um, I put on this pressure for myself to start becoming more than I just, I started trying to becoming too much. It's like, I wanted to like really um, become amazing at exercise are really amazing at fitness because I saw the girls who were really fit and looked really athletic. They were achieving the things that I was so hungry for at that time. Um, so yeah, the struggle, the struggle goes way back. It's deep. Um, which is why like breaking out of it has just been so freeing, so exciting, you know? So I love that part of it. I'm sure, have you seen that often where it's like you see your clients, like the, I'm sure I'm not the only one whose story goes from childhood. 
Yeah. Do you know what I've noticed as you tell your story is that you are such a, you're so sweet, you're so kind and you have tried to please everybody. You want your, you want to please your parents. So you need to do this sort of behavior. You want to please the the track coach. So I'm going to be the fastest runner. I need to please that person too. And when we do that, we lose ourselves because we're trying to please everybody else. If we go to one person and they want us to wear a blue shirt, we wear a blue, we wear a blue shirt. Somebody else wants right. us to wear an orange shirt, we put on an orange. It's like, oh my goodness, what do I actually want to do? Which has been a big part of your journey because as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you're falling back in love with yourself and actually you're able to see how cool you are. And I was like, you know <laughs> you're so cool. I've known this all along. Now you can see it. And it's because you are living life on your own terms now. That is absolutely 100%. Um, I just had friends here the other day and we were talking about the the reasons why we really do things. And you're so right. Um, the people pleasing part of me has, it's just it's such a takeover in my, in my life. Um, so many of the things that I wanted to do, you're right. Like it was to make other people happy, was to yeah, just live for other people and not live for myself. So it is very freeing right now, getting to choose each day um, and start like, like you said, I told you guys about how I am falling in love with myself, which has been delightful and so fun. And just, you're right. Like I, I love finding out who I am at the bottom. I think I was so scared for such a long time to find like who really was underneath everything and that I was going to hate who I would find. I used to think that that person might be somebody, um, you know, unworthy unlovable, and just all these negative words around it. But when I started digging in, um, I just began to delight myself. Like, <laughs> but also too, um, what I love right now is, I'm finding out who I am at the very bottom and I'm also starting to live out who I want to be. Cause I remember when I came to you, the big thing that I wrote down in my journal that I was like, I have got to figure this out. Um, or I, I want to do this so bad is I turned 30, um, just in February. And I was like, I am not aligning. I'm not getting where I want to be. Um, I keep, asking everyone else around me what they think I should do, how I should eat, what I should be exercising, um, what kind of art I should be making. My whole life was held up by all these, you know, other people's ideas for me. And I was not hitting who I wanted to be. And I was like, I got to talk to this girl because I want to, I want to transform. I want to, I want to be that butterfly that is inside. I'm ready. <laughs> you said something that's very insightful that I think a lot of people here listening say, oh my goodness, maybe that's what's going on here, which is what if I find out who I am and I don't like who that person is? And I think people might be watching you and they're like, I mean, come on, she's beautiful. Look at all the talent. Those are her artwork pieces in the background, by the way, for people watching. <laughs> How could she not? What, what is she talking about? Seriously. Mm -hmm. But that's a very real emotion and that fear is so scary and fear will keep us stuck. But let's say you find out who you are and you don't like it, then you change it. 
it's not a life sentence what you're currently what your actions are right now you can change and become the person that you want to be and blossom and change your values and change your actions and your outlook and your mindset so let's say you find out who you are and you don't like that person that can change we can actively change this but you got to find out who you were and you were super cool and <laughs> finally saw it the cloud was lifted because something else that we talked about is that the cloud was the food, the, the weight loss, the nutrition, it was this, you couldn't really see who you were, how beautiful the life in front of you was. Absolutely. I mean, if you looked through my audio, like my audible accounts, and if you looked at my library, um, you would be shocked with how many health books and nutrition books are just all over. It's like what I've been kind of like force feeding myself for the past three years now um, in this like ravenous hope of like how to change myself and how to make myself into this, I guess like perfect body, perfect being. Um, I mean, I've done all kinds of things to try and make the, the look that I wanted happen. Um, and I, I don't really want to read any more of those books. I don't want to study that information anymore. Um, it, yeah. it became such an obsession that I was, I, I guess the way I would put it is like, I was so focused on the physical that I forgot to take care of my mental and emotional wellness. I forgot that that's like such a huge part of me. I mean, I'm an artist, so I have to be in tune with my intuition and in tune with my creative self and my emotions. That's where art comes from. Um, and I just remember, I think there was a point, I, <laughs> I totally shut this person down inside of me probably, you know, 10 years ago, where it was just like, I'm not getting where I wanna be. So this person, this part of me is, we're going to, she's just going to stop growing. We're not going to, we're not going to care that part of my being anymore. Um, so yes, <laughs> you know, there's the information and then there's the implementation and the information is all the audiobooks and the YouTube videos. And many people will stay in the information phase because it kind of tricks the brain into thinking you've done something productive. Well, I've listened to this new book about nutrition and now I understand that. So I'm moving the needle closer to where I want to be but we're not actually taking the action of making change. So we can stay in that safe place where we listen to all the books, we you know, listen to all the podcasts and everything. And then when you turn 30, you realize, okay, my actions are not aligned with everything that I've researched. And I need to, I need to actively make these changes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, also too, Emmy, like, my amounts of books, they have varied drastically where it's like, we're going to look at um, eat fat, get skinny all the way to the China study to Dr. McDougall to, um, you know, all meat, all Adkins based. Like I've read all the books starting even as young as 16 when I first was like, I got to change my body. I got to figure out how to make this happen. Um, and I will say too, like a huge, you know, like a huge reason I was so attracted to your program was exactly that. Like, I loved that you put action and um, knowledge and wisdom into the same uh, 
program moving forward so that I just, I knew that what you were sharing was correct information. <laughs> I knew that the starch solution was after reading and looking at all the different books and information out there, all the diets out there, I was like, I know that this is correct in theory, but I was struggling so hard with the actual, like how to do this. One of your videos cracked me up. Um, I remember just when I first found you on YouTube, I totally just stumbled across you, which is so fun. Like, I, I swear it's like divine um, YouTube, <laughs> everything just like fell into place. But I was on there looking around and one of your videos cracked me up because I felt like somebody finally understood me where it was all about, are you binge eating on vegetables? And I was like, oh my gosh, other people do this? I'm not the only one who will be standing at the counter with a pile of roasted broccoli, just like pounding it away and knowing that my stomach is about to burst, but just trying to put one more piece of broccoli with mustard on in my mouth again. You know, it's like, I can't, why can't I stop this? Why am I doing this? Um, and these are technically healthy foods. This is the right foods to be eating. These are the right things to be doing. Um, so when you, when I saw that, I was just like, okay, the mindset, the thing that's going on up here is, is really where I need to start focusing my energy. Yeah. And I want to get into that and what has transformed for you over the past, just handful of weeks. But before we do, I was reminded of something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on a call, which was that to, um, you were going out with your girlfriends, you were, I think you were eating together and you said, I've always, you know, it's always been about the diet that I'm on or the diet the friends are on. And I just don't want to talk about that anymore. Can we talk a little bit about that? That is great. Yes. I, I loved getting to share that with you, by the way, because the advice you gave me was so perfect and so simple. It was like, Oh, duh. Okay. I can do this. Um, so I have been for, you know, like the past 10 years, the person who has always been reading books into nutrition and doing all the dieting and stuff. So in my world of people, everyone is looking to me to be like, well, what are you reading now? What's the new um, nutrition advice that you would give us? And honestly, my, my social, if my friends, if they, if I told them, which I am sharing more now, um, little as we go along, but if I told them that I have a binge eating issue and that um, I have a, a food, a, a problem with food, they would just kind of probably all laugh and be like, no, you don't. You're the healthiest one in our group. You're the one who is always telling us about, um, you know, what foods are good and what foods are bad. So, um, yes, I remember sharing how I just started SOS and it was like the first week and I had a Wednesday night group and I was going to go eat dinner with my girlfriends um, and everyone was just going to bring their dinner. And I remember getting so nervous before going over to their house. And I'm so glad I had this Zoom with you guys at one o'clock. Um, and going into it, I knew that like with this program, I wanted it to be effortless and I wanted it to be different than everything else I've done in the past. I wanted it to be a lifestyle. I was so sick of talking about nutrition, talking about food. Um, I hated having to feel like I needed to justify myself with each time I 
brought my own food or because it's not new for me to bring my own food. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with being the one who's like, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to eat this. Um, but I felt like this need always underneath to like prove myself, like I'm right. And I want you guys to agree with me. And if I can get, if I can just talk about it, um, it's almost like I wanted to like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like vindicate myself, justify myself. Um, and I didn't want to do that anymore. I'm just like exhausted doing that. I wanted it to just be effortless and easy. And I think that was the week too, we did our food philosophy and that was a big driving force for me too, is I just wanted to be able to show up places and put food in the backseat and make my, my life more about the conversations and the relationships. Um, so when you gave me that advice, when you asked me, you know, like, who are you going to see? Are these people who will judge you? Are these people who are your friends? Um, it just kind of like calmed me down and put me back into the driver's seat again of my life and helped me realize, okay, life is not about food. Um, I'm about to go have this great time with some girlfriends. Like, what are other things that we can talk about other than what's on my plate? Like, that's such a boring conversation. What's on my plate? Um, and if you, and I feel like now after like this conversation, I'm like alert and aware to it. Cause I feel like now, whenever I do go out, that is such a huge conversation. What are you eating? Are you keto? Are you this? Are you that? You know, this is gluten-free. Um, and it's just, there's no relationship in there. There's no like, and I did use the words, like I had a couple of people comment on my meal um, and they're like, wow, that looks so good. What'd you make? And I made it so simple. I just was like, oh, I'm just eating a sweet potato and this. And then immediately went into some questions that I had prepared in advance to be like, so tell me what's God been doing in your life lately? Tell me what's been um, happening with you and your husband. Tell me something really good. I wanted to make the conversation positive and um, energetic because that's what I also, I'm learning now too, that I have a voice in, um, in my community and I'm a leader and I want to be the person who, who keeps the conversation about the bigger, more important, important parts of life. So, um, it's funny how like one little thing can really become such a big, big part of life, but that really helped me so much just in the first week. <laughs> I'm glad it did because, you know, conversations about food are very surface level conversations. And I know that you are very, you're very spiritual. You're very strong in your faith. You have so much substance to you. I mean, just looking at the artwork behind you, there's something between those ears that doesn't Food is so basic. That's so surface level, it's elementary of a conversation for somebody like me to be having. And to advocate for yourself, that was something that we talked about too, because you have gone through this internal transformation pretty quickly. And the people that you're meeting have no idea that you've gone through this. So they, they head into the dinner thinking, you know, same conversations as we always have. And let's talk about gluten-free and keto and everything. So you just sort of advocate for yourself and say that, you're kind of past that now. And I, I just don't want to have the food conversation anymore. I'm kind of over it. Let's talk yeah. about this instead. I feel like I've become like, I've been, been like a zombie, like a, a nutrition health zombie for the past couple of years. And now 
like, and that, that's like such a black and white world to live into. That's how it's felt for me. And now getting into um, kind of being alert and thinking clearer. I tell you guys all the time, like my brain, I feel like I'm so much sharper now as a person. And I feel like I'm seeing color again and not living in a black and white reality. And you're right. Like food is such a, it's, it's this such a short part of the day. It's such a short part of life. Um, and I've been living so much on my plate for such a long time. And even just down to like, I'd wake up first thing in the morning and my thoughts would be, have I lost weight today? I was such a, a scale monkey. Um, have I lost weight today? Um, I'd be upset with myself from the night prior, typically, because I would have overeaten something and I would have this bloated pain in my stomach. And then the rest of the day would be like, well, when's my next meal? Um, if you guys saw how I did my life, like it was so confusing. I was like mixing intermittent fasting with juice fasting, with keto, with vegan, with um, like, I was just one big confused cocktail of diets, like all mixed into one where it's like, each day, Russian roulette, I don't know. I was so confused. So it's like, it took all my energy trying to think about my food rules that um, I just, I would be so stressed out and so exhausted and so worn out trying to cook everything that when it came to like having time for this, which I haven't had mental time for this, it's like, I just couldn't be present. And then in conversations, I couldn't be present with, um, yeah, go ahead. Because food is a basic human need. And if any of our basic human needs are threatened, that's where all of our energy goes to to keep us alive. So it's no wonder that you couldn't tap into those conversations or do your art, which is such creative space, because that basic human need is not met. But if we don't meet that basic human need, then we can't go up to creativity. Absolutely not. We have to address that first. So thank God we have figured this out. Because like we've talked about, you are way too valuable. You're too valuable of a member of society to be de dealing with basic human needs all day. You have more to give than that. That is so awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah, you're so right. Like when you explained um, that hunger is very similar to like thirst, it really clicked for me. Like, oh, I don't ever think about having to go and like count my water or like question my thirst, like, oh, no, you're not thirsty enough yet to really drink water. Um, it, it's just such a natural, flowy part of my life. So when I, I compare that to food, I'm like, dude, that's how it should be. Why can't it be like that? And it's, and that's why I really think this program, like you said, those primary needs, like, or the, um, you know, primary, what did you use? The Pavlov's? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So you're right though, like seeing that in, in my life, I'm like, oh, once I got this in alignment, like it didn't take very long for that to kick in, for me to start seeing like, oh, I'm actually hungry or, ooh, I'm really full right now. Like if I overeat, I'm really going to hurt myself. Like my body, we don't want to do that. Um, it's more so just keeping this up here in the same alignment with what's going on in my stomach. But it, it, I think it's so impressive how quickly this works. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the changes that, that you've experienced so far. It hasn't been that long. Oh, gosh. I know. Like, 
even just within the first week, I was like, what? This is crazy. I felt like you had literally been like, okay, I'm going to like unlock the cage. You can come out now and like start living life. Gosh, it was, it was really fast, but you know what? So I really will say the first thing that really kicked for me that like set me on this path to start like riding it really quickly was you told me, I remember asking you, cause I was kind of nervous, like doing this. Cause I've done a lot of programs I've done, you know, from bodybuilding to Ironman races, to hiring coaches on Instagram. Like I have put money into this world for a long time. So I was nervous. Like, I hope she doesn't get me. I hope I'm not going to have my money go to waste. But the thing that you told me, I asked the question, I was like, well, how do I know that this is going to work? And you said back to me, well, you need to believe in yourself that you can do this. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. Okay. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I, I need, I want to do that. I want to be able to believe in myself. So let's, let me start believing in myself that I can do this. Um, and the big changes then that started following after that, um, it's just so simple. Your program's very simple. And I really appreciate that because I have a lot that I want to get to and I don't want to be thinking about food and I don't want to be cooking all day. Um, so I appreciate that first off, all the foods are so gosh darn easy to make. Boiling vegetables takes zero time. Putting a bunch of potatoes into the oven to bake them while I'm doing other stuff is so simple. Cleanup is easy. Um, I came from a background of like meal prepping because I did the bodybuilding world for a while. And that would take me like two days sometimes to just make meals, you know? Like, that's insane. That's a lot of my life in the kitchen. I like to cook, but I don't love to cook, you know? Um, so I saw that as a huge win. I started getting more hours back in my day. Um, there is a little bit of a learning curve. I will say that, like, just jump into the learning curve at first that I needed to do. So, like, the changes of taking a picture before every meal. Um, but honestly, because the, I see the importance of doing that, like taking a picture, putting my butt into a chair. So that was a big thing. Um, each time I sat down to a meal, which is something that I had not done in such a long time. I was the person who would be standing up, you know, eating food constantly, um, running around, like multitasking way too much. Um, taking a moment and sitting down to my meal and taking a picture made such a huge mental switch for me. So, and then having to just, um, put in my hunger and fullness, you know, so it was like intentionally allowing myself to say, okay, what is really going on in my body? Like you said, go from my head to my body. Um, so that made a huge improvement. Like, and I still, I still try and do that like very consistently. And I even to Kate, my nutritionist, I love talking to her. Um, I go like into detail, like I know like she's reading it, but I don't really do it for her. Like when I write like my comments and my information there before each meal, I really do it for me. Cause I really am trying to use it as a journal. Like, like what is really going on in my head? What is really going on around me? Um, 
those little emojis, like I'm trying to be as honest with my feelings as I can be like, am I really stressed or am I confident or am I happy? Because I could lie to you guys. I could lie to y'all all day long about doing the right foods and eating it right. Like that's the crazy thing is like, I remember there's a couple of times I was like, I could totally lie to them and be like, I'm a three on the hunger scale when really I'm a five or a six. And I was like, but <laughs> I'm not doing this for Emmy. I'm not doing this for Kate. I'm doing this for me. And then honestly too, being honest with each of those uploads. So like in the first week, there's a couple of days where it's like, I would go back and eat a meal right after eating a meal. But I was like, I'm at least going to take a picture and put it in there because this is what I'm doing, you know? And you talk about the ladder of success. Like, I don't need to get to the top just yet, but we're going to get there. Um, so I saw that happen pretty early. There's a lot of great changes. I could talk forever about all the quick um things that happen. I love your Facebook group. I love the people that you have attracted in that community. Um, I don't even know all of them and I've, I might not ever meet them in person, but I just love that all these people are in the same positive um, energy. Everyone wants to support each other. Um, I did lose weight pretty quickly um, in this program. So like I've gone down five pounds in the past four weeks, which is just like awesome, awesome. But you know, what's so funny is like, that's like cool. But like, again, I can't, like if I stayed just where I'm at and didn't lose any more weight, I'm totally okay. Because like the mental clarity that I have outweighs the weight. And that's the most exciting thing to me because I used to just be like, if I could, like that thought pattern in my head that was just like sometimes running my day is like there was a consistent thought of if I can just lose 10 pounds, if I can just lose 10 pounds, if I could just lose 10 pounds, if I could just lose 10 pounds, that thought would just be like constantly going. And um, now I don't think that anymore. I don't care so much about the weight. I, I've, I care more about my, my mind. I care more about how I'm feeling. Um, I care more about getting to implement primary foods, which is another thing. Gosh, I love that you have primary foods in this. That is so cool. Yeah. And let me know if you agree or disagree. What I would attribute your quick success to was the fact that you came into this, letting go of everything that you've been through with food because what you've been through for many people, they take it into this experience and they use it as a block for why they can't achieve the principles that we talk about. So when we talk about, you can tap into your primary foods instead of tapping into food, people will say, well, I've done this for 50 years, so this is my life sentence. And so that's just not gonna work for me. But you came into this believing, I'm gonna take every principle that I learned about in this program and believe that I'm eligible to live out that principle. Oh, for sure. I mean, I remember telling you too, I was like, I have done the starch solution with the traditional Dr. McDougal before. Like I could have totally come in and been like, that doesn't work. I've tried it, been there. That's not possible. You know, I've gained weight doing that. Um, but implementing those primary foods from the very get-go 
was like life-saving. It was like giving me, cause I even too, like, I, I really believe as people, we are holistic, right? Like the way that I am creating and how I'm eating are so connected or how I'm not creating and how I am eating, you know, are, are, are connected. Um, and so I remember coming to you and I was like, I have this long list of things that I want to accomplish this year. Like I have too many goals, too many, um, opportunities in front of me that I keep running away from that. I keep putting on the back burner. And I'm like, when am I going to do these things? When am I going to, when am I going to have an art show for real? Like, when am I going to start creating my own work? And I'm not going to be, um, like for the past couple of years, I've been creating for other people. I haven't been coming up with anything original or new. Um, I have a Costa Rica trip this year that my husband and I are going to go on and it's going to be this big, awesome adventure. I have um, another business that I run that I have been stuck um, making a certain amount in this paycheck and I want it to double. Like I want to, I want to have all these things and I can't get past my own thoughts around food. Like, how am I going to grow? How am I going to achieve this? So I came in to your program, Emmy, and I was like, I really do believe having those primary foods set up to quickly get to them. I was like, I'm going to replace food and I'm going to start filling it in immediately with this. And we even talked about this morning, you know, primary foods don't have to be elaborate. They don't have to be big. And that was a big deal for me too, was, um, so like I work from home. So like we live in a little apartment flat kind of house. So like the kitchen's right over there, the couch is right over here. Like everything is in my parameters. Like I can get up and go get food ASAP. And I, I see the kitchen, I'm looking at the kitchen. Um, and so for me, a big deal is like after each meal, I am really quick. I know I need to get up and I need to implement a primary food right away. So like journaling is a big one because it's quick and it's easy. Um, it doesn't require any work. And I will take my journal outside because I need to get away from the table that my bowl is at. <laughs> um, and what's so funny to me is like, at first I was like, I don't know if this is going to really work. I don't know. Like, oh, that's a, that's a cute idea. I've heard this before. People tell me to do stuff. And, you know, I'm, I was like, okay, but you know, I'm really going to do this. I really need to implement this. And what's amazing is like, it works, <laughs> which I'm sure you're always like, yes, <laughs> duh. Yeah. I, I mean what I say. And I think that sometimes you just don't hear something until you're ready to hear it because you'll hear something 10 times. And then on time 11, you've really heard it and it's meant something to you. You have to be ready to hear these things. And I a thousand percent agree with you, Kendall, that the primary foods have been a key to your success because for many people, food, weight loss, it's everything. Like you said, the whole audible, it's all the books. And they say, I don't want to think about food anymore. And I say, what do you want to think about? And Shrug. I don't know. We have to answer that question. We have to replace this with something or else we're going to, we're going to come up empty and then your brain's just going to go back to what it knows, which is the food thing. So now what is your audible full of? Have you even gotten there yet? Um, I have a really, 
fascinating. It's growing. Um, I have honestly been listening to a lot of Stephen King, which is kind of weird and dark. And um, he's been exciting lately. Like it's kind of been this fun genre that I've not really explored. Um, so I like his books. And what else have I been reading? Um, oh, I've been reading, this is just sitting here conveniently. I've been reading Mayu, which is a, um, it's more of the mindset type of books. Like I'm really wanting to get more into really digging into like psychology. Like I like figuring out, there's another book I'm reading called the four, eight principle, um, which is so funny. Cause like I read it a year ago and I was not ready for it. I was like, this book is dumb. This doesn't work. And it's all about positive thinking and using, um, like talking about how you have to change the direction of your thoughts. And I read it and didn't implement anything. And it's so funny because now it's like this book, like you said, I'm ready for it. I'm hungry. No book, no program. Nothing is going to work if you don't believe that it's going to work. And if you're not ready for it. Yes. Yeah. It, I, it is, it cracks me up. I'm sure every parent, every person goes through this at some point in their life. Every, you know, like my mom, she's told me things a million, hundred trillions of times, you know, and then I'll come back and be like, mom, organizing your house is so wonderful. Or, you know, having your spice rack like this. And she's like, I know. <laughs> yeah. You feel so passionate about it and you just want to tell everybody and you feel like your life has been changed a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's been so fun. And I, I think too, it's like, I feel like this, um, so like pursuing art is such a fun primary food for me to go after, because I think every person has something that's laid upon their heart. Like, what is it that we did when we were younger that brought us to life? And as we get older, we get, caught up in, you know, things that are necessities. Like we need to make money. We need to have um, careers and there's relationships that take over. But I just feel like we get, I, I say for me, I have to talk from my personal perspective, but I have gotten lost in all of that um, along the way. And it's like, I feel so much more alive because I feel like, again, I'm in alignment with myself and I'm being true to how it was designed to be made. Like my brain just thinks this way, creates this way. Um, so I'm really pumped. Like I would love, I hope at the end of all of this, like when I get, like one of my goals at the end of this is to actually have an art show and to start putting myself out there. And what's been so fun in me is like, like I told you guys, I've been more social while doing the SOS than I've ever been on any other diet or like program before. And what's been fun is I'm now seeing all these like, like connections. Like I keep meeting people and there I'm finding out there's a lot of other artists around me. And that's something that I'm really hungry for right now is I want to have more artist friends and I want to like create more of an artist community where I live, which is like not on my radar a couple months ago. And I'm just like now running into people all over the place. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like, is it either now I can see it and they've always been there or divine things are happening either way. I'm chasing it and I'm going after it because, um, I now have the mental clarity and the mental energy to start building something new. And so that's my goal. I would love at the end of all this to 
grow my, I live in a cute little town called Gainesville, Georgia, and I want to grow the community here. I feel like there's a need for artists. I feel like I have a purpose here. Um, I feel like I have a, a place in the community and I want to be a leader in the community. Um, it's just, it's like, so, I don't know. I feel like there's like this string, like that's been put out in front of me. And if I just keep taking each day, I keep pulling on it. And I'm like, wow, where's this going? I don't know exactly where it's going, but I'm like, I want to follow this and just see what my life, like I'm, I literally, this is, oh, I was talking about this with somebody too, about living in the present moment. My brain has been in such past life, like, you know, just living in a world that isn't happening. Like I'm not present. I haven't been present for such a long time that like now living in the present moment, I'm just like, wow, every day is so much better. <laughs> no, I have an answer to you. Ask the question, have these people always been around? I just haven't seen them. Is it divine intervention? So we have this bouncer in our brain and our brain only lets certain things in. And there, I think there are four things that automatically get in. One of them is your name. So you know, when somebody calls your name, you turn automatically. Another one is a threat that automatically gets into the brain. Another one is when you're sexually attracted to somebody. And I can't remember what the fourth one is, but the, the bouncer in your brain will let something in when you tell it it's important, you have to pay attention to it. So, you know, when you start shopping for a certain car, you start seeing that car everywhere because the bouncer has let that in now. They've always been there, but now you're letting it in. And as we talked about earlier, because your basic human need of food was out of whack, the bouncer wasn't letting any of that in because it said, no, we need to pay attention to food right now. So there's all this beauty around you. And now you're, you're the bouncer is letting in all the <laughs> that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the beauty in life now and you're not fixated on the food thing. That is so, I know. I feel like I've been looking at a circle plate for such a long time and it's like, I'm missing out on so many things around me. I mean, even just the ability, um, I will say too, like, so this program is like, I, I love it because I'm getting very joyful. I'm getting very happy and I'm, um, there's all this like wonderful feelings, but I also will say too, with everything that I'm opening up, it's like that numbness of how I've been coping with food. Now that the numbness is going away, all the joy also means that there's also going to be a lot of pain too that comes with it in some ways. And so um, what I've loved though, is that like your program has helped me now emotionally manage myself in a way that I'm proud of. So even though I'm having all this fun and this joy and this excitement, um, I'm also dealing with difficult relationships within my family. I am, um, experiencing um, some past feelings from years, 10 years ago, 15 years ago that I really have like shut down that I have not wanted to address. Um, but to move forward and to get where I want to be, you know, those are going to start showing up. And it's so nice though, that like, like I've had a couple of moments where it's like, my brain will be like, go to food. Kendall, go eat something like you're getting stressed out. You're getting nervous. You're getting anxious. Oh, you just had a really hard conversation, you know, go open the fridge and eat peanut butter or go to the pantry and get the chocolate chips. 
um, we keep really healthy foods in our house. So like I never was able to binge on like typical foods. So it's like, I'm the weird person who's like binging on healthy stuff in the past. But um, so I just love though, that like now I'm accountable to myself. So like, if I have a feeling and I have an emotion that will show up because life is full of all these emotions, um, it's so cool to see, like, I am choosing to manage this through journaling. I'm choosing to manage this through a phone call. I'm choosing to manage this by going on a walk. Um, or I'm just going to be able to sit in it. I can finally sit in these emotions and, and even ask myself, like, why am I feeling guilty right now? Like, do I really need to feel this guilt about somebody else's problem? Because that's their problem. That's, that's their emotional junk. Like, I don't need to let this in and mess with me like it has in the past. And coming full circle back to what we talked about at the beginning of this with shame, releasing any judgment or shame for the initial thought, for example, to turn to food or to fall back into old habits. That's just the brain trying to light up that neural pathway that's been lit up for so many years. So let the thought come of, oh, I could go turn to food right now, or I could do this or that. I could delve into that old habit. Let that come. That's not your responsibility, but what your responsibility is, is how you react to it and to not have judgment if you have a desire to binge. Right. Right. I've realized too, I think what's so funny is like, like the temptation video that you have in your repertoire of videos was so helpful. I watched that also in the first week and that just like set the stage for me to be able to enter into the arena when food would want to like get my attention and for me to go, I'm okay. I don't need to grab this, but I am normal for thinking this thought pattern. Like this is, it's an okay thought. It's not a bad thought. It's not an evil thought. Um, but I don't have to go that direction right now. And this is a part of being human. It's almost like I'm accepting, um, like if I was looking at like a table of all the different thoughts that are out on the table for me, I realize that food will always be on the table. It's not going to just magically get erased out of my brain. But now I have all of these other colorful, wonderful options that come from the primary foods and from practicing that, which it is practice, right? Like it's totally practice, right? Um, so practicing each of those and each day too, I kind of look at it as like, today's a new practice session. Like, how can I, um, you talked to, you have so many great things in your, um, your whole program. Like I could just be like quoting you this whole entire, you're welcome for sure. Um, but I remember you even just saying too, like, you know, this, you don't have to be perfect. Don't shame yourself. Like practice this, like each day is an opportunity. It's a challenge. Like, um, so yeah, like back to what we were saying though, like there are going to be negative emotions, but I just, I love how good I am getting at addressing them. You know, it's very freeing. Yeah. yeah. I had this epiphany when I was at a Patriots game and it was when Tom Brady was still the quarterback and he, he'd throw a pass and it we wouldn't gain any ground and he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And not every single pass that he threw was one that moved the team down the field. He threw away a lot of passes, but he's still the greatest quarterback of all time because he has played the most games. He's thrown the most passes. He's been doing this for so long. 
And so for, you know, like you said, every day is practice and you don't need to have a, a like Tom Brady doesn't have to have a perfect throw every time that turns into a touchdown and moves the ball down the field. We're humans and there's going to be slip ups and trials and tribulations, but every day is an opportunity to practice this new skill that you, that you formed very quickly over the past few weeks. Well, that made so much sense to me though. Cause like, I do come from like that exercise background and I do have like an athletic background too. So like thinking about strength training a muscle and if I really want to strengthen this neuro pathway, each time I would have that moment where I'm like, I want to do this thing. Like for me, picking up table off the food and popping it right in my mouth was something that was such a big win for me in this program. But like in that very first week, I looked like such a goofball where I would be like picking it up, putting it down, picking it up, putting it down. And I'd even like get it up to here. And I'd be like, do I want to strengthen this neuro pathway? No, I really don't want to do that. And I would put it down and then be like, okay, okay. I don't, I don't want to do that. Okay, good. <laughs> You're doing, this is a real word, by the way, neurobics, which is neural pathway aerobics. And we set that rule for you that you sit when you eat, you do not stand and eat. And so you said, okay, I'm going to form that new neural pathway and I'm going to do the reps and I'm going to do the workout. And it works. That's the thing that I love from this is now, um, I just, I love how each week and each day is kind of this new, exciting evolution of me. Cause now I really don't think, I never thought I could get to a point where I don't think about food when I first wake up. I never thought I could get to a point where, um, if food is out on a table for a bunch of snacks that I can stand next to that spot and not just keep throwing things in my mouth. Um, and I think that's, what's so exciting is that do the work and it will actually change how I'm doing things. And, and I really think too, the combination of being able to talk about these things, like, I feel like I, when I came to you guys too, I was like, here's all my dirty laundry. Cause I paid for you guys to listen to all the stuff <laughs> that I have been working on that I'm, I can't figure out. Like, I feel like I might as well take advantage of telling you guys the things that I need to change because if I want to get there talking about it too, for me, is like a huge first step, like getting it out and then realizing like, Oh, Emmy didn't yell at me. She didn't shame me for it. She didn't make me feel awkward or stupid for this. Um, and then you just took it as like, which you do a really good job of being an educator. I think it's so cool that you came from a teaching background and now you're teaching us adults <laughs> in one of the most needed areas ever. Like this is such a needed area, but you just make it so logical. It's so simple. It's not um, attached to, you know, some sort of rule that I've broken and now I'm in trouble. You know, it's, it's just so simple. Yeah. How has it been an hour? This has gone by so <laughs> I could talk to you all day. I, when I first met you, I was like, I want to be her friend. We could be friends. <laughs> this is so revolutionary. Like I, I want to like share you with everyone. Oh, you're so sweet. I really do because I keep meeting other people and I keep realizing like, this is such a big, um, stronghold in people's lives and it holds them back from their true self and from 
the gifts and the talents that they've been given. I see this a lot with artists too. Artists are such emotional beings. Um, and I either am like a zero or a hundred. And what I used to be in the past was I would go all in and just like disappear for days on end, pouring myself into an art piece, being super unhealthy, not getting enough rest, living off of coffee and whatever else was around Cheetos or anything. And just like being so obsessed that when I would come out, it was like, I would crash. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would swing really hard to the other way where it's like, I need to be really healthy and I need to exercise as much as I can, um, not eat a lot. And then it was like, I never could figure out how to just live in the middle. And when I started thinking about being a mom, cause that's something else that like caught my attention this year is like, I can't live this crazy lifestyle when I have kids. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Luke and I desire a year from now. I'm like, I would love for us to start a family mm-hmm. and start doing that. And, you know, the hours that I was spending in the gym, the hours that I was up painting at night or working on projects, I'm like, my kids are, are going to have to like, learn how to fend for themselves. Like, I don't know how to if I can't be there for myself, you know? So I I really am so glad I'm getting this foundation now so that when I do enter into each stage of life, it gets busier and it gets more, you know, intricate, more relationships. You know, I just really want to be that mom who, when my kids think back about me, you know, they're just like, wow, mom was just full of life. Mom, you know, took care of us. Mom was present. She listened really well. Um, She was really fun, you know, like mom did cool things. And I don't want them to think about me as always being in the gym, always wearing workout clothes and always on a diet. You know, that's not the life I want to be. I want to be the mom who's the artist, who's taking her kids on hikes and we're going to go paint together and Hopefully my kids will be artists, at least one. Send <laughs> <laughs> them back if they're not. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, but that was a big deal, you know. And I mean, we all I don't think there's any like I'm just glad I'm finding about this now at the age of 30. Um, and that I didn't have to go until the day I died and be in this addiction is what it felt like, you know, I'm so glad that I, I can see it and manage it, um, and use it now as a tool to like push me in life as a, a driving force to be a really good artist, you know? Me too. As we talked about earlier, you're a valued member of your community and we need you to do what you were put on this earth to do. Thank you. I will. If you made it to this point in the video, comment beautiful art because Kindle really is an extraordinary artist. If you identified with Kindle's story, please reach out to work with me by clicking the link in the down bar or going to healthyemmy.org. Woo!